Coming up on this episode, we begin by discussing Dan's trip to the brewery Mecca of Portland and why the future will run on a currency of e-scooters. Then we get into the week's tech news, including Elon Musk's electric loop to the airport and why Smash may be Nintendo's ticket to esports. Stick around, it's all coming up right now. This is Don't Panic, episode number 206, recorded June 18th, 2018, Scooter Town. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Don't Panic, the technology podcast on gadgets, the internet, and you. I'm Sean Jennings, joined, as always, by a man who heard it through the grapevine. It is Dan Miller. Hello, Dan. What's up? It is It is a thrill to be back. We were not here last two week. Oh, I guess just last week. And I wasn't here. You weren't here the week before, so it's been quite a while. We, we need our, our fix of Mr. Miller. Uh, I went to Portland, Oregon. Oh, I was going to say, the, the good one? Uh, I I liked both. I did like Portland, Oregon better though, and I liked Portland, Maine. So this was this was that was tough. It, it exceeded your expectations. Yeah. Uh, fun things I did in Portland. Thursday, I went to four, or f- probably actually I went to six breweries on Thursday, all told. I in two sets. I walked between four of them in less than ten minutes, and I walked between the other two in less than ten minutes. There are so many, like, it's one of those things you hear, like, oh, uh, New York's really crowded, and uh, Boston, the streets are crazy, in Portland, there's a lot of breweries, and you think, you think when you hear, okay, like, how true can that be? Mm-hmm. It's probably only true in, like, certain areas or whatever. No, it, there's so many breweries. One brewery I went to is just a garage with some picnic tables outside. Uh, so you just basically had-, had a beer at a dude's house? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's pretty sweet. Uh, so, yeah, Thursday I read the book that I'm going to recommend to you at the end of the show and got, like, two half-pours of beer at each brewery, and then I just went to sleep, and it was fantastic. That sounds like a dream. Uh, now, the question started, is, you got all those breweries, was the beer good? Because at, at that yes. quantity of breweries, they can't all be good. I was curating. I went to all good ones, I would say. One stood out from all the others in terms of the quality of the beer and it was cascade which is mm-hmm. they only do sour beers okay but the sour beers have you ever had sour beers uh, a little bit the sour beers that i've had on the east coast are like they kind of look like ipas in terms of like their color mm-hmm. uh and they're kind of tart like they are sour but there was something about these beers where they were like you know deep reds and they they had the consistency of more like wine, and mm-hmm. they were still sour, but they they just drank a lot more smoothly. Those that that stood out for me because it just because they had like a nice focus, so it was easy to go and oh, I understand what I'm supposed to do here. It's not like you have 15 beers on tap of every possible kind. Like well, how am I supposed to know which one to try? Well, and in a crowded market like that, it's good for each brewery to kind of have their niche and their area, and and that way there's not as much overlap. Right. I did go to a brewery that was, I don't know, high adventure themed, and they had a a porter with a marshmallow, a toasted marshmallow in the beer. Oh, that and sounds disgusting. Like a cocktail accoutrement. Uh, it was good. Yeah, that. so that was fun. I went on a hike. You in From downtown Portland, you can walk for about 35 minutes to this giant municipal park called, very creatively, Forest Park. Um, apt 
and it's huge. It's the biggest municipal park in the United States, fun fact. Uh, and yeah, there's like Japanese garden section, there's an arboretum, there's a mansion. Uh, so that was fun. Had some excellent food. So yeah, that my, my week off was good. Well, and I will say to anyone out there, if you get the opportunity to travel with Dan, <laughs> you 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 goddamn you take it because Dan is a absolute pro at at crafting a very pleasant trip experience. Well, I, yeah, I try to make it pleasant. It can't be too fun. Put it put it this way: uh, Dan came and visited me at my house, and I made him do all the planning because I said I cannot. Dan, you're going to pick the restaurants and you're going to pick the breweries because I want nothing to do with the planning of this and knocked it out of the park. The only thing I messed up was not getting Indian food, right? Um, I thought all the food we had was fine. So It was good, but I didn't didn't you tell me that it is known for its regional Indian food, Houston? Um, I probably said that. Yeah. I mean, there it's one of those places where just about any ethnicity you can find really good food yeah. like I, there's a whole like little vietnam where you can get like crazy vietnamese food and like every because it's such a multicultural town that's so that's my one regret um but yeah fun trip yeah yeah so portland survived you yes lucky them and now you're back um, in the big city yeah i only had let's see i didn't have any really weird technology things happen but it's always fun to complain about airports. Uh, I got pulled over by TSA into the room both times because I was wearing the same pants, sweatpants. Suspicious. Sweatpants. Baggy. Easy to hide weapons That in. was my thought, but as I've been telling people this, they have said, like, oh, did they have zippered pockets? And I was like, oh, yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, no, you can't do that. It's like, but... I have jeans that have zippered, like, crotch area. Isn't that the same thing, just on two sides? So, I guess I'll just wear jeans from now on. Dan, I'm also uh, disappointed they don't find your crotch dangerous. Um, you know, I think I think wearing zippered sweatpants is actually a really... That's, like, the perfect travel wear, because it's comfortable and secure. Like, I got I your back. That's what I was thinking. I agree. Shame uh, on them. Plus, it's often cold on airplanes... Even if you're going to like a warm destination, which I oh, wasn't. Oh, for sure. But... Oh, planes are horribly uncomfortable. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. The ne- yeah Netflix download download uh, to your device on Netflix game changer. Oh, fantastic! I'm I'm blown away. Hulu hasn't done it yet. It tried. Yeah, you, you even can do it with Am- Amazon. Amazon Prime was the one who had it first. I remember yep. that was that was the big reason that you would do you would use Amazon Prime for me at yep. least. Yeah, no, it was. I used it on flights all the time. It's great. Yes. And I think that's it. Back Fair in enough. New York for uh, one week of fall and one week of high summer. And then I'm uh, back to the West Coast next week. Sorry. Yeah. World travel. Well, you know how it is in the summer. Everybody is out and about. Yeah. It's the time to go places. So our own Colby, obviously not here this evening. He's traveling internationally. Uh, should be back next week. Uh, hopefully, I'll have some some fun reports. We don't, we don't want to compromise his opsec by no, 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 no. Let's just say he's in Europe. <laughs> Wink, <laughs> and leave it at that. But he will cool. return. Oh, well, what uh, what crazy tech news happened last week? Oh my goodness, I wasn't really paying attention, Dan. Except uh, one thing. There was some of it. 
Uh-huh. I don't I don't know how much of it I would consider to be super exciting. I guess we'll be the judge. Um, before we get in, Dan, I'll let you pick our first story. While you're doing that, I'll thank everybody out there who's joining us live uh, this Monday evening on Twitch at twitch.tv slash show and on Facebook at facebook.com slash show. If you're watching live, comment in the Twitch chat or comment on Facebook. We might talk about it on the show. If you would like to join us Monday nights, roughly 10 p.m. Eastern uh, on those respective sites. Dan, where are we going to start? Let's start with Scooters. Toot toot scooters. Yes. Uh, I know you're a big scooter fan, Dan, and good news to you. Um, both Uber and Lyft are looking into operating e-scooters. Now, uh, I'm curious if you've seen oh, these around. Oh, that's what they're called? E-scooters? That's what this article calls them. Lord knows oh, I wouldn't call them that. But is that. So is that like e-cigs? What's, it, what's the relationship between an e-cig and an e-scooter? Well, it's confusing, I guess, because, well, because like an e-cig an versus e-mail. a cigarette. So like there's e-mail, e-cigs, it's and e-scooters. E is electronic. But there already are electric. The idea of an electric scooter isn't new. The idea that you would kind of rent them and they'd be in like, you know, caddies where you could go and grab one. That's new. But the fact that they're electric isn't new. So I I call BS on that. But uh, both Lyft and Uber are applying for permits for electric scooters in San Francisco um, to uh, be added to their fleets alongside ride sharing cars and bikes. Lyft is reportedly in talks to buy a bike-sharing company. Uber has already purchased a bike-sharing company. They want to add scooters to that. Uh, San Francisco announced new regulations for scooters at the end of May. Um, they win permits that allow a 12-month pilot program. Um, other companies are doing this around the, uh, around the world, and there are other companies even in San Francisco, 10 others, in fact, who have applied with such great names like Bird, Spin, Lime, and Scoot. Uh, God, I love startups. Uh, and San Francisco will uh, only be granting five permits. They will determine the winners in late June. Now, Dan, uh, where I live, mm. electric scooter is really not going to cut it. Mm. I got to drive. I got to drive on a highway to work every day. I think I'd get killed in an electric. Well, you know, scooter. you know what they say, Sean. It's all about the last mile. It, but that's a fair point, Dan. So let me let me ask you: Are you a fan of e-scooters? Um. No, but I've never. Well, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a fan of them. Ironically, I think they're <laughs> hilarious. Uh, I like but that. In, in fairness, I've never had the opportunity to try one, so I don't really know if I'm a fan or not. I'm not a fan of the the pictures I've seen on Twitter, and I don't know if they're hyperbolic of the like rat kings of electronic scooters like floating down the streets of San Francisco like like a tumbleweed. Uh, that sucks. I like my sidewalks to be wide and clear of obstruction. Right. Which they rarely are in New York. There's trash. There's a guy just laying down there. But when, when they are, that's that's when I re- that's that's my ideal state. Uh, so I don't think I would like that. Where would you but, drive these? Well, on the you side. Would drive, you wouldn't drive I'd, them on the side bike lanes. Well, people probably would. But probably, I don't know what the rules in bike lanes are. Mm. That's, if I was to drive one, that's where I would want to drive one. <laughs> I mean, that, that makes some amount of sense. Right. I don't know what the rules but on I, bike lanes are. I also feel are. if I were a bicyclist, I would probably not, I'd probably hate that. Yeah, um, I bet you would. But that's um, a good question. It looks like in San Francisco, you do use the bicycle lanes mm. on the scooter. Hmm. On the roadway, it must be operated in the bicycle lane if there is one. Uh, so, what what does appeal to me about this? So, 
we have City Bike here, and it's pretty good, but it does feel like you... There are people who are City Bike experts, and the thing with City Bike is you go to a station, you pick up a bike, and you have to... You ride to a station and you drop it off. Mm-hmm. And so you have to know that there's... Like, you have to know your route. Uh, and... If I could instead be like, I don't care where there's a station. I'm just going to, like, you know, lean my scooter up against this sign that there is. I see the appeal, but I also see all of the downsides. So what I'm saying is, I don't know if I'm a fan or not, but I really like making fun of the cities that have them. So, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of I don't fully understand how these scooter companies work. Oh, yeah, that was going to be my other question. So we talked about this the last time we talked about these scooters. The story of the the people that, that, that are uh, gig-economied into collecting the, the scooters that people leave all over the place. Yeah. Remember this? Yeah. So they, they get these apps, and they have this, like, pin on the map, like, there's a scooter over here, go get it. And people leave them, like, in rivers and all sorts of crazy stuff. And, like, the harder it is, the more money you get. Uh, people drive around with these vans and just throw scooters in them and charge them all up. I'm wondering now there's going to be, like, turf wars. The Uber, will there be, like, like an enforcement arm? I mean, there probably already is an enforcement arm at Uber. <laughs> the secret uh, Uber police? Right, like the, the Uber expeditionary force that goes out and tries to, like... Right. Will there be, will there be areas like, oh, here you have to use the Uber scooters, uh... And if you if you drive one out into this area, the lift people are just gonna take it and bring it back to the Uber area. Is it like the shopping carts that lock the wheels when you try and take it out of the parking lot? The scooter just right. stops, you go flying well, over the handlebars. Here's the thing, like the the reason this would be a turf war is every company is incentivized to expand their area of service because they make more money. But yeah. every other company is incentivized to not let the other company expand their area of service. So they could also pay people not to pick up their own bikes and charge them, but to pick up other people's bikes and and sabotage them actually why not <laughs> take a bike that's in your uh area and drive it out to san jose or something and just leave it there well this is exactly why san francisco is only limiting it to five permits in the city because they're worried about exactly you, what you're describing in in 50 years where you know here 50 years from now here's my next sci-fi uh uh sci-fi novel in the san francisco exclusionary zone after you know the great war there are five reigning gangs and they're all they're all based off of because all the adults died right so only the teenagers who were the the scooter getters yep are the people left and they're wearing these uber the uber logo and the scoot logo and everything else so that's that's how they identify themselves and they're the people who rule the city they have all the capital. The scooters are the only thing that matter. Uh, the scooters I... become the new currency, even though they don't. <laughs> they, electricity hasn't been in San Francisco for eighteen months at this point. This is either the absolute best or absolute worst pitch for a young adult fiction novel I've ever heard. In the future, the currency is scooters. <laughs> A sexy young woman and a hot young man fall in love, but then there's a third guy. It's a love triangle. The kids will love it. <laughs> then there's a big battle at the end. Then there's like the big government, and there's the big government bad guy. 
We have to be careful, though, because it sounds like what you're describing is Hunger Games. We have to be careful. we gotta got to be a little bit different. Well, but to be fair, I did describe the Hunger Games and Maze Runner and Divergent <laughs> and about eight others. Yeah. So yeah. just just, hey, the formula works. Don't 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 break it if you can't. I would like to I would like to put a spin on it, at least. You, you scooters, keep scooters is the spin. Because people will yeah. be so goddamn confused. And, Wait, and this is right. We can get the ad money from all those companies right Product now. Product placement. Product yeah. placements. I like that. Because I'm sure they'll want their products associated with, with a dystopian future. Hey, listen. All publicity is good publicity. Yep. I like it. That's good. No, hey, look. Uh, in, in, in Back in reality. Um, I, this is... It, the more I think about this idea, it's so bizarre to me that you're right. We're going to live in this society where you're, everyone's just going to be leaving scooters fucking everywhere. And then, like, how do you even make money paying? You have to pay somebody to go get the scooter. And then they go put the scooters and then someone comes gets the scooter. Like, how does this even make money? Let I'm me so tell confused. you how this is going to work, Sean. Bitcoin. <laughs> got... <laughs> Sorry, you just threw me for such a loop. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's that was like the most hilarious but also realistic thing you could have said. Right Every there. scooter comes with a Bitcoin miner on it. So <laughs> while you have it plugged into charge, you are also mining bitcoins, not for yourself. No, of course right? not. No, no, no. Because the company's gonna pay you to get the thing, but they're subsidizing your pay with the crypto mining that they're gonna be doing on that scooter. You know, Dan, there are some days where I feel very optimistic about the future, and then there are days like today, where, as you describe these things to me, I'm like, God damn it, this is the future. It's, we're already in that, uh, I mean, not post-apocalyptic, dystopian, there we go. We're, we're, it's already pretty dystopian. We got Blood Boys. I mean, yeah, then right outside of San Francisco, where the five scooter gangs reign, is there's going to be actual Mad Max Blood Boys on the front of all-electric Teslas can just you, barreling down the highway. Can you imagine the all-electric version of Mad Max? Good Lord, what garbage is that? <laughs> oh, my God. It would, yeah, it would not be nearly as cool. They would, I it would bet certainly though, be that, quieter. Well, but I bet that, you know, remember from Mad Max, they had the, the guitar guy suspended with all the amps behind him? That would just be simulating car sounds. There would be no music anymore. Yes, for safety right. reasons. So you know it's coming. Yeah. Um, I will say, Zach, in the Twitch chat, thank you, Zach, says, uh, the profit is in the people that pick up the scooters, charge them at their house using their own electricity. God, these people are evil. And they don't realize that they're using their electricity to do crypto mining for scooter lift. This is so... It's kind of like when I think about like people who drive for Uber, and I'm like... One day, I just, out of curiosity, I'm like, if I did the math in my head, if I went and bought a new car to do Uber, which a lot, some people you know, people do, that's not a crazy thing, the amount of wear and tear you put on a car driving Uber full-time over three years, the depreciation in the value of the car, there's no way you could make enough money driving Uber to profit on top of that. Like, it doesn't make any... This, I don't... Dan, how does this work? Like, I don't get the economy. Sean... I, I don't want to be this the one to break it to you. you. <laughs> I don't want to be the one to break it to you, but there, there is no economy. It's just, it's what we call a race to the bottom. I, Dan, 
look, we either have to do one of these bullshit startups or just, mm. you know, give up, just be subservient, and be like, you know, listen, beg for this mercy. Is, this is now a, well, what would we do? What would our podcast be if it wasn't this? Just you and me. Forget Colby. What, what could Gladly. we do a podcast about that's not technology? We have things in common other than technology, right? Right, right, but but we have tons of things in common. But what what uniquely did we do? We have to say about something. Hmm. I mean, yeah. Living room layout. I feel like people are really bad about laying out their living rooms. Uh, I don't so disagree. It would not be a good podcast. It would not be a good podcast. No, it would not be a good but podcast. But I think it's content that the world needs. I, I think that would make a good limited YouTube series. Mm hmm. It's really more of a video medium. I like that. All right. It would be like, uh, whatever, home makeover, but just for living rooms. Just for living rooms. Like, I listen, like that. You've got a TV it's this size. You've got a couch. This is how big your room is. You know, listen, some people, you got to get a smaller TV. Like, that's just, that, there's nothing wrong with that. Your room is just too small. Yeah, but Dan, the marketer in me says, all the research says millennials have no money and are moving into studio apartments that don't have living rooms because they're all poor. Aha. Small, yeah, small room. But we don't, I have a lot more experience living in a small room than you do. Never mind. If anyone has any ideas about what podcast we could do. We're desperate. Right. We've, re we've really run out of steam on this one. So please let us know. Email us. Don't panic show at gmail.com. Right. After this, after San Francisco, the exclusionary zone is created around Silicon Valley, uh, you know, in 2035. What um, what podcast can we do to sort of keep ourselves afloat after that? Yep. When the currency is both scooters and podcasts. Just there. Like the rest of the world. We haven't talked about that yet. That's uh, that's no, a whole. I, frankly, podcast. I don't want to. I can't that's even imagine what horrors. There we go. I got it. Speculating on. We already know it's going to happen. It's like the McElroy brothers will be in Trolls, too. Oh, we already... I like right. this. So there's kind of a fictional element where you and I, we assume we're already there. We're, we sort right. of play a bit where you and I, it's like, oh, it's 2035. Here are some tips for how to survive. They did, they just did, Adult Swim just did a video short uh, that was like this, Messages from the Future. It was very funny. You should go watch it. And it was like commercials and infomercials from the future. It was uh, it was very amusing. I like it. I think so, that's. I think yeah. That's I very think good. We idea. have a lot to offer uh, future generations. Yeah, give them advice for for the 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 just mountain of problems they'll have mm -hmm. that we partially created. So, you know, we're because we created them. We're in the best position to give them advice on how to solve them. I mean, we, we were there on the ground floor. We created the scooter wars. Now you have to end it. <laughs> that is a great tagline for a movie <laughs> that's they a tagline to scooter, scooter wars. wars now you have to end them summer 2019 <laughs> um very nice all right let's keep okay. chugging along what's here in the news. Down? what's next um let's see let's keep the dystopian <laughs> theme going and talk about uh the boring tunnel in chicago yeah, boring might not be the right word for it. It certainly is an interesting story. <laughs> uh, Elon Musk, uh, everyone's favorite dumb rich guy, uh, is back. And the boring uh, Elon, company... Elon, uh, Marx was a capitalist, Musk. Uh... 
boy has the fun run out on Elon Musk, huh? Remember, remember back when it was fun? He launched a car into space. Yeah, I guess that was kind of fun. It is hard to it's hard to remember. What was that? Six months ago? It was this year, so yeah. It, it might have even been closer, like three months, months ago. ago. Jeez. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Um, well, we've, uh, we might have talked on the show before. Elon Musk's boring company, as he calls it. It is a tunneling uh, business that he started to dig tunnels. And mm. the boring company has won a bid to build a multi-billion dollar high-speed express train underground to Chicago's O'Hare International Airport. It beat out a number of other bidders um, for the project. This project has been in the work for uh, a while, uh, working with the mayor and the city to build this. Uh, the company's only been around for 18 months. Um, they've only ever dug one tunnel, a test tunnel, in Los Angeles. Uh, and so there's no work uh, idea if it would ever work. So um, let's see here. No government funding is involved. It's entirely financed privately. Um, which is interesting. So Musk will be paying for it. Uh, the, They're going to build a tunnel and Musk's going to pay for it? Yes, exactly. Right. Got it. Got it. Yep. So um, it is interesting. I, this article does not give me enough details, so I'm going to try and find another one. But I, I'm very curious how this happened. Uh, like... Right. What was the what was the series of events that led Chicago to make this deal with Elon Musk? Um it uh that's a really good question while I, I stall I, I'm to not look saying up the that, answer. I'm not saying that you, you can possibly know the answer to this. Oh, I know I know a lot of things. No, I mean it, it was a, it was an open bidding process. They've been I know they've been looking to do this for a while to build Oh, they have. some sort yes, to build some sort of transportation between the airport and the city, which I don't know if you've ever taken the blue line from yes. O'Hare into the city. I didn't think it's that bad. It's, I mean, it's not no. great. It seems fine. I don't know. Better what, than New York. Um, New York, you, you take a, a train. First of all, if you, you can only take the train from one of the airports and it takes an hour and a half. <laughs> it's it's obscene. Yeah. Um, according to this article, the existing blue line takes 40 to 45 minutes to travel the route. Um, the boring company says that vehicles will leave each station as frequently as every 30 seconds, and the loop will operate 20 hours per day every day of the week. Uh, no word in here. In as quickly as what? Every 30 seconds? It'll, it'll leave the station every 30 seconds. That's crazy. Yeah, no, and these are it's going to be like little electric pods. That you get on concept animation showed 16 passenger cars. Um, How many people per pod? 16. Six, oh, sorry, you just answered. That's okay. Um, and they're electric, zero emission, and would slide on rails. Um, they're Amazing. they're they're based on the Tesla Model X, apparently. Um, the skates that are on the underside of the vehicle will be mechanically confined to a concrete track within the tunnel and operate under safety approvals issued by both federal and state agencies. Um, each vehicle would be equipped with a climate-controlled cabin, um, as well as storage uh, for your luggage and Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi? Wow. Yep. All the Wi-Fi you can handle. Uh, it doesn't say in here... But where does it get off? Like, Where does it get off? Where does that, he get off? Where, yeah. Um, Where does it let you out? Uh, in the loop? 
I believe so. That would make sense. But that also kind of sucks because what if what if your destination is between the airport and the loop? I mean, there's uh, we'll probably have to do more research I, and get back to this. I, yeah, I don't but I know bet if they're, they're not stops. getting rid of the existing service. Certainly not immediately. Right. Okay, so that would solve that problem. I was hoping there would be a more of a dystopian angle on this besides Elon Musk just being a jabroni. Uh, well, I think the dystopian angle is going to be when it all goes horribly, horribly wrong because he claims right. they're going to build this in 18 to 24 months, which is right. insane with uh, technology that's never been used before ever in history. Um, <laughs> now, I should mention that uh, for users, the rides are expected to cost between 20 and $25. Uh, the the uh, blue line costs about five dollars for the same trip. Yeah. But what's the what's the total time again? Uh, so right now it takes forty to forty five minutes. They're saying uh, the express loop, which is what they're calling it, will take passengers eighteen miles between downtown Chicago and O'Hare in about twelve minutes. So certainly a, a very it. large time. You know, it's, it's an express line. Worth it. It's an express line. Um, they they claim it could travel uh, above 120 miles per hour. That's pretty cool. Someday yeah. I want to go to uh, somewhere in Asia where they have real trains. You know, mm. I like train real travel. trains. I never get to do train travel. Train travel's great when it's good. European train yeah. travel's good. Well, sometimes it is. Mm. Colby and I had that one experience where we got we got stranded in Hamburg, Germany. And there are worse uh, places. There are. <laughs> uh, there are. But, yeah, we also... We, we left the... Let's just say we left the wrong side of the train station initially. So... <laughs> if anyone's uh, planning on going to Hamburg, just... just When you leave the train, just head west. Do not head east. That's, that's my advice. I mean, that's real, that is really good advice. Yeah. People should write that down. Right. If anyone's listening, listen... <laughs> if we're, just to, we're just trying to help people here. Well, it's 2035 or your future European vacations. We're here for you. Um. Yeah. So we'll have to wait and see. We got a while to go on this, but um. I don't know, Dan. Are you optimistic? Um. I'm optimistic. I think you know. Say what you will about Elon Musk, but he does do things that he's going to say he's going to do eventually. I'm, I am not optimistic that it's going to be done in 18 months. Uh, I mean, not that this... It took it took New York 50 years, more than 50 years, I think, to open any section of the 2nd Avenue subway. Yeah. Uh, so, not that... Yeah, again, not that that's a shining example, but even building a building often goes at least, like, 50% over... I, there's the, there's an apartment an apartment near me that's just being renovated. Granted, a complete gut and re, re, re uh, you know sort of re renovate. I don't know, gut renovate deal. Yep. They were supposed to be done uh, last summer. They were the entire time been here been here two years. It has been under construction. They maybe I think they've taken down the like official construction fences sometime in the last three months they went like n <laughs> nine months over on that uh yep so no, yeah, it's a world yeah. of construction not not optimistic you know all about this 
you know, tell pff, tell me about it. Uh, <laughs> actually, no, roofing pretty generally stays on is not really a delay That's area because it's pretty it's pretty straightforward. There's not a lot of room for like surprises to pop up and stuff to slow you down. So for the most part, but I mean, we're talking about an 18 mile long tunnel. Using technology tunneling. that's never been used before. Right, I don't think that tunneling is more error-prone than building on, like, anything else. Well, have I Who told knows this... what's under there? Have Did I you... told this... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Did you know? I learned this the other day. We do not know what's underneath New York City. Like, there is no... There's no map. There... In order to figure out, you'd either have to dig or do, like, sonar, like, deep... Like, the stuff they use for archaeological digs that's awesome I, I learned this when uh someone was telling me about a, a exhibit at a museum in san francisco that shows you like a cross section of what it looks like underneath san francisco and like there are shipwrecks under certain neighborhoods and all sorts it's really cool yeah but and we just don't know in new york uh, that's amazing so i don't know if they have this stuff in chicago because if they don't i know they had a couple of fires there too uh they might find some things that they didn't anticipate. They might find a few mobsters. Right. They might, concrete well, they, might, they might find something that ends up being like a, a historical preservation site. Yeah, no tunneling there. Right. Yeah. No, I um, I don't know if I told this story on the show, but there's a great story. I won't tell the whole thing. There was a, uh, I think Bloomberg Business Week did a great article on it about the tunnel they tried to build in Seattle. Uh, right, uh Their version. And yeah. they... Um, in Seattle, obviously, it is a, an earthquake risk. And so they said, look, we can either build a surface-level street or we can build a tunnel. One is very simple, cost-effective, helps the community. Uh, the other is big, expensive, dangerous. They chose the tunnel. And so they built this <laughs> custom, one-of-a-kind, giant tunneling rig that would pour the concrete as it went through. Yeah. Um, no idea if it was going to work. They spent like a, z- a zillion... They spent a ton of money on it. They put it down there. It went like 800 feet... And then it stopped and it was trapped underground and they literally had to dig a giant deep hole, pull it out, fix it and put it back. And like, it's been Uh no joke. It's been years and years and years and years and years and they still haven't finished it. And it's cost way more and everyone's in trouble. This whole big thing. It's just such a bad idea sometimes to do these things. Last I heard on Roderick on the line, they just opened the first section of that subway in 2015. So. All right. uh, They're getting there. I don't, yeah, I'll report back as I make more progress and see what else I learned. <laughs> I was going to say, how old is this Roderick episode? 20, 2015. Oh, okay, uh, well, there you go. <laughs> this breaking news from 2015. <laughs> you heard it first. I know. They, I, don't, I don't remember if I mentioned this, but they're starting to talk about... Uh, they've, they've made three or four saliva references to the fact that Donald Trump is running for president. Oh, and I'm boy. like, wait, how did... like? Away! I wanted more time. I wanted more. I wanted us to be like it was. Why? Why did it have to come so fast? Yeah, there's going to be like a good eighteen to twenty-four months of culture right in that time span. That's just going to be un- unenjoyable. Yeah. What a shame. And they're going to make all these jokes about how it's not possible. And uh, hey, look, I'm you can considering not listening. I'm considering just stopping. There Start is a, over from, like, uh, <laughs> March 2017. That's a good idea. Yeah. I mean, there there was the the not famous, but I say famous, uh, up for debate episode that Matt and I did previewing the election where we didn't say the words Donald Trump once. Because <laughs> we didn't even think it was worth mentioning. 
So, you know, go people are welcome to go enjoy that. <laughs> we, we were we were real up on Jeb Bush, so this is why we haven't done Jeb. another Jeb. E. Please, please clap, please clap. Oh man, I, I've tried. I have thought about making that joke so many times. I'm not sure. I feel like that's one of those things you gotta wait a little bit, but I'm worried that's gonna be leaving like the the consciousness pretty soon. Yeah, I don't know how many people still remember that one. I, I haven't. It was tried. great. I, yeah. So many good opportunities for jokes, but if only it were funny. Um, all right, Dan. What else? Uh, what else we got in here to talk Ooh, about? We got boy. stories for days. Well, we talked about AT and T and Time Warner here. I thought, uh, yeah, let's talk about that. Didn't they try to merge once before? What am I remembering? Yeah. So of course, we did. We have talked about this on the show before. AT and T and Time Warner announced their merger quite a while ago, um, and the Justice Department decided to sue to block them. Well, no. Okay, let me let me rephrase that. The Justice Department blocked the merger. They said you cannot merge. It would be anti-competitive and bad, and you cannot merge. AT&T right. and Time Warner took the government to court for permission to merge. The judge finally ruled this week, uh, ruled that the merger could clear with no restrictions on the merger. They were 100% ready to go. And just a few days later, already as of the, this recording, uh, Time Warner and AT&T have officially merged. Of course, Time Warner, the owner of HBO, Warner Brothers, CNN, among many others, is now under Time the ownership Warner of AT&T. Time Warner owns Yes. didn't know that. Time Warner owns... A lot of stuff. You would really be, um, you would really be surprised at AOL. The, uh... <laughs> the funny thing is, they actually don't own AOL anymore. That's, oh, that's right. That's, that's right. A, that's a big miss on their part. Um, but they own, um, of course, TBS, TNT, all of the Turner stuff. Um, they own, like I said, HBO and their associated programs, DC Comics, um, and the DC movies. All well, everything Warner Brothers, of course, um, and you know, even more stuff beyond that. So, uh, yeah, so the merger is now over. It's complete. Interestingly enough, um, the approval by the judge of this has caused uh, Comcast to enter the bidding ward for 21st Century Fox. I don't think we've talked about this on the show. Disney originally agreed to purchase 21st Century Fox for $52.4 billion. Oh, and people were happy because now the X-Men would be back. In, right, okay. Yeah, ignoring all the problems with having a giant media monopoly, people were really excited about Marvel. But uh, the reason Comcast originally didn't bid was because they thought, well, if AT&T, a uh, telecom conglomerate, couldn't buy Time Warner, why would they let Comcast buy 21st Century Fox? But now that it's clear, Comcast says, hell, why? You know, let's do it. Let's throw in the money and give it a shot. So they have bid $60 billion, $65 billion, sorry, um, for 21st Century Fox to um, to try and steal it out from under Disney, and now uh, Fox is deciding what they want to do about it and what exactly they uh, which offer they're going to take, and Disney has to decide whether they will raise their bid. Now, 21st Century Fox is a spinoff of the news corporation. Uh, 21st Century Fox uh, only owns uh, Fox Entertainment, which is the film studio, the Fox Television Network. Um, and what else? 21st, wait, wait, wait. They do own the Fox Television Network? Yes. Amazing. Let me see. So they own all, it's basically all the entertainment. It's television, Fox Broadcasting, um, all the channels. Yeah, but what else Fox is there? Like, isn't that everything? No, because it's... Um, 
Oh, boy. Let's see if I can try and figure this out. Because the, the, the problem is they split off back in 2013. And I have to... From what, though? From the News Corporation, which was Rupert Murdoch's company. Right. That owned it. Um, and so... Let's see. Uh, on Twitter, they announced that uh, blah, 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 assets would be split into two publicly traded companies, one for media, one for publishing. News Corp's uh, ownership would include um, the new News Corporation, which would own uh, Dow Jones and Company, um, Wall Street Journal, publisher Harper Collins, uh, all of I that kind of stuff. I see. Yep. Uh, whereas 21st Century Fox would own all of the media stuff. So there you go. So I uh, see. we'll have to wait and see what happens exactly with that bid. Disney has until July 10th to make a counter bid. Exciting. Uh, it well, is something. Let's see if our X-Men are rescued or not. Yeah. I, you know, I, yeah, it's really, I don't know. It's an interesting, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they integrate. You know, AT&T historically has never owned any content provider. At least Comcast now owns NBC currently. So they're at right. least already in that business. Same with Disney. About how AT&T treats media, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that works. Yeah. Cool. Yep. All right. Here's your scoop well, on let's that. let's see. Pretty soon we'll all be owned by GE. Hey, look. Look, if they wanted to buy us, we are for sale. Well, let me tell you, <laughs> reasonable price where we can be bought. It's I can easy. assure you. Yeah, we can. Yeah, we yeah. can be. Yeah, for the right price, come on. Yeah. No problem. No problem. Now, Dan, I know there's a story in here. I might... know. Or oh, are we thinking about the same story? Oh, we might be. I don't know. What one are you thinking about? I'm thinking about Super Smash Brothers. Oh, that's I knew you were going. Look, yeah. I put it in because really, I don't. I really don't care. But I figured Dan would really want to talk about this, and I think that's fair. And, and maybe you can explain to me whether or not this is a good thing. I have no idea. Um, I was joking the other day that we, <laughs> of of all the technology related topics, I think video games is probably the one we talk about the least. Yeah. And know the least about. I I you, like to you, think. You know I, more than I do, certainly. You're if we have an expert on the show, it's I you. I feel like I'm up on the culture, but I do not. Yeah, I'm not in it. I don't feel like I'm in it anymore. No, it's not great. Um, and so we'll try and and move through this. But you are a big Smash Brothers fan, and the Absolutely. good news is, uh, Nintendo announced at E3 that Super Smash Brothers Ultimate will be coming to the Nintendo Switch. Um, the Biggest addition to the game is that it will feature every single character from the series history, a roster of more than 60 fighters, including DLC from the Wii U version um, as including, well. Including uh, intellectual property from Sony, like uh, Metal Gear Solid and other things that were thought to be a, like a relic of the time. Like, oh, you could only do that in 2007. Yep. And they haven't been in a game since. Also back. Uh, they also announced that some of the characters would be updated in terms of how they look and how they play. Link, for example, will now wear his tunic from Breath of the Wild and can wield <laughs> remote bombs. And Mario will wear Cappy, the sentient hat that was his good friend in Super Mario Odyssey. Yes. Um, there will also be new stages, including a new tower from Breath of the Wild and a ramp-filled city scene from Splatoon 2. 
Um, they also right. announced everyone's that, favorite game that the uh, game will support GameCube controllers with the appropriate uh, USB uh, converter attachment. Yeah, uh, and the game will be available on December seventh. And what little bit of gamer fans we have in the uh, in the Twitch chat are, are very excited. Um, they say, first yeah. of all, why are we on Twitch if we rarely talk games? But they also say that uh, they're big fans <laughs> of the game. They love Kirby and they love all of the all the all all the great Nintendo characters. Yeah, so I'm a huge Smash fan. I could talk about this forever, uh, but I will only say that uh, I watched the. This is the only part of E3 I watched live, and I was very excited. Uh, just like, oh my god, when they when they talked about the GameCube controllers, I was like, oh my god, they 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 think about us. Uh, but I was, I watched, uh, so I don't remember who this person was, a famous U- gamer YouTuber person with, you know, millions and millions of views, like mm-hmm. recap E3. And when he got to the Nintendo part, he was like, he's kind of a PC gamer, it seemed like, so he didn't care about any of the Nintendo stuff. But the only game he talked about was Super Smash Bros. Not because he cared about it at all, but because he, he was like, listen, I was watching this whole thing. And I was so excited to see how excited all the Smash fans were for the new Smash game. I wish I could be this excited about anything. And I was so inspired by your passion that I feel like now I have to play it. Like, I have to try it. Like, what are all these people so excited about? Yep. Uh, and I, I thought that that summed up what happened pretty well, I think. I mean, uh, really, there are really... a lot of great fan service moments uh, directional air dodging, which has come back from my favorite game, enables all sorts of cool things. Uh, a lot of like weird details. Uh, someone I saw a post earlier today that, speaking of Link, he is right-handed in like one of the N64 games and left-handed in the other ones. But if you change his like character to the n64 one the hand switches Hmm. uh and they recorded like re-recorded the voices for all these different versions so that they match what sounded like in that game that's Uh, awesome so yeah they put a lot of work into it and what was clear from the presentation and this is what i think is worth talking about is this was nintendo's entire like their, their second half of their E3 presentation was all Smash, and they had a tournament right after with actually good players that they invited and a reasonable-ish like, competitive format where it wasn't just like, free-for-all with items! Uh, and I think... And I'm biased. I think Nintendo's made a big push with like Splatoon and their arms to get into esports, which is a big moneymaker, advertisers... You get more people into the game, these pop bonuses. But advertisers, I think, are probably the big thing. Yeah. Uh, I think my prediction, Nintendo's making a big push into esports. They have already been. That's not a prediction. They're going to make an even bigger push with Smash. They're going to sponsor tournaments. They're going to have a circuit. They're going to have advertisers. They're going to put out on YouTube Gaming or Twitch uh, with their own first-party advertisements Mm -hmm. and large pop bonuses. And... I predict that Nintendo, uh, I don't predict this yet. I think what Nintendo, (laughs) what Nintendo wants to do, I don't think they'll do it now is to do the overwatch thing where they, they also are in full control of the teams. Mm -hmm. So they're like, okay, you're on team, uh, Dallas Spitfire, which is a team we just made up. You're fully under our control. 
uh, because we want to control every aspect of the competitive experience. And I think that's a very like Apple-y and Nintendo-y way to handle esports is if they like kind of like the NFL, they're like, listen, we control this thing top to bottom. We sort of you're you know franchise is the right word in the NFL, right? Like it's a franchise in McDonald's. You don't get to make any of the rules. Mm-hmm. You just get to get a cut of the profits. So I think Nintendo might do that at some point. I definitely think that in 2019 they will be hosting their own events. I think and I think good that prediction. Smash will be their number one esports moneymaker because well, Splatoon hasn't really. I was gonna say I don't that. I don't know what else would. There's do it already for them. like when. when Old Smash games have a tournament without any support, they get into the top five most viewed games on Twitch. If Nintendo actually promoted it, they could be that that game that gets the number one, gets hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions, thousands and millions of views uh, on the days that the big tournaments are, if they wanted to. And I think they do. So that's the big news, I think, out of this, was that Nintendo could have talked about all their great single-player games that they're so good at, and they had a couple of those, but they chose to spend most of the time at the biggest conference talking about Smash in excruciating detail. That, yeah. So, that's well, that's my big theory. I mean, hey, look, I really only came for Super Mario Party, but... Uh, also announced? <laughs> that, that's more my speed. Uh, but no, what I was going to say is, you know, you do bring up an interesting point, though that there is a pretty strong Smash community already um, with, with a lot of uh, fan support and a lot of not, you know, quote-unquote famous players and, and, you know, strong competition currently. Unlike a lot of esports, it has the personality thing going for it. Yeah, it's organic support from, from the bottom up. Right, and, but, like, uh, I don't know what a good example of this is, but a stupid example of it is the WWE. Like, you watch professional wrestling... You know, or MMA fighting. How many people are tuning into the Conor McGregor fight to see some, like, really high-level athleticism? And how many people were tuning in because Conor McGregor is insane and runs a really good, like, social media campaign? And I think a lot of the Smash players are more like that, not as insane, thankfully. uh, But large personalities, where they're not just, like, some quiet kids who are going to sit there in a team of five and, you know destroy people in starcraft 2 they're gonna get up on the mic and talk some some shit afterwards and that's what makes it exciting and i don't think nintendo that that'll be the hard part for nintendo is embracing that sufficiently Um, well that's sort of my question that i was leading to which was how do you think assuming your prediction is right that nintendo comes in and using my word corporatizing it um, but certainly le- legitimatizing it and, and get it legitimatizing. Listen to me. Uh, and, and getting getting behind it. Uh, how do you do? You think fans will react well to that? Do you think that that's something they would welcome into into what they're doing? Nintendo sort of coming in with a bit of a heavy hand. Uh, I don't think Nintendo could come in with much of a heavy hand. It, I don't think that they'll ban people from running their own tournaments, right? Sure. Because yeah. that ship has already sailed. That would be a disaster. But they could certainly crush them just from competition alone i would think uh, you know they, they lure the top couple players with big paychecks but ha- again how many events is nintendo going to have uh there are tournaments almost every weekend that at least one of the good players is at uh those aren't going to go away maybe some of the like the big ones that like there are probably four or five big ones that everyone comes out to mm-hmm. every year maybe that comes down to like two 
Sure. But I think that would be a win because the Nintendo ones would... If The only way this would work is if they have a higher payout because a higher payout means that more people will get involved and stay involved. Like There are plenty of really good players who've retired because like, ah, I finished like my master's degree and now I have a job. So... Like it's not worth it. It to doesn't make, pay. Yeah. Even if you make twenty five thousand dollars a year because you're that good, it's like, well, it's only twenty five thousand dollars a year. And I like I was listening to this one player say today that he won't play. That's where I got this idea from. He used to be the number one in the most recent Smash game. He will not play the new Smash game unless Nintendo sponsors because he's like, I made thirty, forty thousand dollars a year. I practice for like 12 hours a day yeah. every day for 3 years mm-hmm. and I made a total of less than $100,000. And I was I job. was number 1. Never mind like the the number 2 and 3 people are probably working just as hard. So I think Nintendo has to come in with more money. Uh and I think if they did come in they would. So that's my and they if they, if they did do that they're not going to have 10 tournaments a year. They're going to yeah. have I'm going to guess two, sure. max four. Yeah, that, uh, I think that makes sense. Yeah. I, you know, let, let, let the lower... Especially if they do like a seasonal thing. I think if they do a season, it'll be two. They'll have like your first half of the year, second half of the year, culminating in some like thing. Yep. Yep. No, I'm with you. I think it's, I think it's exciting. Uh, you and know, I'm for... really excited to see the Nintendo take on what a really high production value event could be mm-hmm. i think they could fill like a lot a problem with a lot of these tournaments is like it's really boring until the very end or there's like a couple exciting upsets but then the rest of the time I'm like okay i'm watching another match okay i'm watching another match true uh and i think nintendo could bring up like interviews and other cool things like they do in like real sports uh that could be exciting so anyways i said i could talk about this forever and i talked way too long <laughs> That's my big theory. Smash, I think Nintendo tried to make Splatoon happen, and they, they gave it a good shot, and I don't think it's really taking off. I mm-hmm. think they're going to do the same for Smash, but I think it will take off, and then they'll start this flywheel of Nintendo investing more. Well, it certainly seems like a game that uh, that fans will really like, really speaks to, you know, I know some of the more recent Smash games haven't been as well-received as some of the older ones, so I think this one was really seems anyway to be crafted for for I don't want to say the hardcore fans but certainly the it's better the, the less than casual more than casual fans I should say I think yeah I think they struck a good balance Great. I'm excited for people I know so here's the other thing I'm really excited about okay I'm going off again but like there are more switches than there are GameCubes or oh, totally. Wii U's I think in total oh totally so there'll be more people playing Smash in a year than there have ever been playing Smash in, like, total before. Oh, so much and more accessible. that's really exciting. Right. Like, yep. I will know people who play Smash that never even heard of it today, a year from now. Yep. So that, that's pretty cool. Awesome. Well, we'll keep an eye, like I said, coming out December 7th. I'm sure you will be first in line to pick up your copy. Sean, I could buy an e-scooter at Best Buy for 200 bucks. It's 30% off. Yeah, but think of how much money you would save if you just grabbed a scooter off the street and then used it and then just left it wherever you wanted. Thing is, where's the motor on it? Yeah, I have so many questions. Yeah, just okay. just just make sure you can identify where the, we, the cryptocurrency like mining a, is. Right, right, right. You got to rip that out. Do we have a uh, you know sort of slush fund on this show that I can use to to purchase this? Test it out. with we'll take the e scooter challenge. It's so slushy you can't have access to it. <laughs> 
It's frozen. Are you telling it, me that my assets are frozen? Yeah, they're 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 trapped somewhere between the Cayman Islands and Switzerland. So, it's a, the the slushiest the, the of the double dunch, double dunch, <laughs> double dutch, uh, breakfast sandwich. Yes. Yep. Makes sense. I mean, so, that's, that's just fiduciary responsibility. Dan, you go ahead. You purchase the scooter and then submit okay. your receipts, and we'll see about maybe getting it approved. I don't guarantee okay. anything. Okay. I, I think, think that's, that's fair. fair. That's fair. Yeah. Sweet. All right. Well, we are uh, more or less out of time, so we're going to move on to picks, and we got a couple good books for folks out there to read. I'm going to go first because I think mine will be a little quicker than yours. Um, we do uh, over on the Up for Debate podcast I do with Matt, we do a book club where a couple times a year we read a book and talk about it on the show, and we picked a book. It's right up Dan's alley, uh, or Matt's alley. Not really my alley, but we read it anyway. It's called The Last Wish, and it is the first book in the series that the video game The Witcher is based on, um, written by a Polish author in Polish, then translated to English. Uh, I will warn everybody, the first two books in the series are a collection of short stories. I did not know that going in. You'll enjoy that in the episode. Uh, And then the third book kicks in the narrative pretty good book it actually wasn't too bad i'm not a big fantasy guy so i'm not gonna say i personally loved it but i think someone who was a bit more into fantasy than me would really like it i thought it was reasonably well written and the characters were interesting and the premise of it i absolutely loved and that's why i'm excited to go try the video game so uh the last wish available in paperback wherever books are sold check that out i'm excited i have i have not read the book so i really want to yeah, it's really it, it's a quick read too. Um, it's not it's not like the font's a good size. It's a, it's a quick read, so um, it should be it should be good. And I know Matt was a big fan. And if people want to listen to that episode, they can hear it at UpForDebate.tv. Um, it's out now, so read the book and then listen. Now, Dan, you've got a heck of a book here. Yeah. So when I was in Portland, I, in one day, I started and finished this book called Bad Blood about. Theranos, which was, like, going into this book, I was like, Theranos was a bad company. There's some woman there who's the CEO. She's from Stanford, the university. That was all I knew. Um, and this reminded me a lot of books that Sean has recommended to me in the past, like the Twitter book and the Amazon book. Uh, but this one ends in disaster. Uh and it's sort of, you know, this is a book where I, I'm pretty sure in the first couple pages they sort of lay out what happens. And then it's all about how you got there. And then just, like, seeing the decisions that these people make of, like, well, we'll bend the rules this way. And we'll bend, like, we'll keep bending that rule. And we'll keep bending it. We'll keep bending it. And, and yep. before you know it, you're, like, so far off. Plus, uh, the venture capitalists. This was my big how... It really blows a hole in this whole venture capitalist system that a such a terrible company, not in terms of ethics, although, yes, also in terms of ethics, but just in terms of ability to execute and transparency and honesty could get that much money from investors. It's like, well, what? This is just a money fountain then. You just go up to the money fountain like like a dog. Like, oh, and you just, like, <laughs> you just suck down as much money as you can and call it quits. Going from 800 employees to, last I checked, which was two weeks ago, 24. Uh, looks like it now might be 23. Uh, crazy. So really good read. It's not. I, I either I don't know how long it was because I was reading on Kindle and I was reading all day long. It didn't seem that long, uh, but I really did like it. And Sean, I think you'll like it a lot. 
I am legitimately very excited. Uh, as I was telling you before we started the show, I saw the uh, great 60 Minutes piece on it, and you're watching it, and you're like, how is this even... Well, first of all, just watching video of, of the... Really, well, the founder and then the, her boyfriend, husband... I don't know quite... <laughs> yeah, what's going on with that? Uh, they seem very suspicious, so already I'm like, mm, um, that's not right. But it uh, this sounds a lot like... Um, the Smartest Guys in the Room, which was the the book on Enron, uh, which, mm-hmm. by the way, if people haven't read, that's a great read as I well. I also read that, yep. Um, and that was a treat. So, I, no, I'm very excited. Uh, Bad Blood, Secrets, and Lies in a Silicon Valley Startup, written by the man who uh, broke the story for uh, the Wall Street Journal, I believe, um, before anyone knew anything was wrong. So... Quite sweet. Check that out. We'll have links to both books on our website. Go click through them there because then we get like something like five cents in referral money. Uh, and that goes right to the slush fund. So that goes help, right to my help e-scooter. Help buy Dan his e-scooter and pick up these books today using our referral link on the website at don'tpanic.io. On the website are also all of our past episodes, the audio, the video. Of course, I said the pics. Um, and be sure to subscribe to the show. It's the best way to get it every week when it comes out. You can get it on Apple Podcasts and Overcast, anywhere you get podcasts. Also on YouTube, the video version, youtube.com slash don'tpanicshow. And of course, you can reach out and contact us at don'tpanicshow on Twitter and don'tpanicshow at gmail.com. Um, gosh, Dan, is there anything else you'd like to say before we... Uh, you will not be here next week. Enjoy your, your trip to the West week. Coast. Thank you. Uh, I will probably be here the week after that. Uh, the week after my, that is 4th of July week. My flight gets in that afternoon, so barring any travel situations, I will not wear my favorite sweatpants. And, Smart. And uh, maybe Smart. it'll go more smoothly. Yeah, you, what you got to get is those, like, punk jeans that are just all zippers. Just really, just say fuck you I just to need, the TSA. I need the tearaway. Like, I just, uh, they walk up, like, sure, take your shoes off. I'm like, take my shoes off. Like, I just rip all my pants off entirely, throw them in the bin. Like, let's just get this over with. They, they're going to, are you a professional stripper? Do you have anything in your pockets? There? I'll be like, no. <laughs> I don't have pockets. God, I would love to see the TSA detain you for that. <laughs> that would be great. Don't cross airport security. Not a great plan. Uh, but Anyways, we'll put this on, re- on recording. Very smart. Uh, but thanks, everybody, for joining us. I, uh, I will be back next week with Colby for more tech news and good times, and Dan will eventually be back. Uh, thanks for joining us. We will see you next time for more tech news and great adventures here on Don't Panic.